Good evening. Before we get into the message, let's have a short prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for this time set aside for this message to be delivered from your word. Pray that what is said here will give all a clear understanding, and those who listen will better understand what you would have them to do as far as forgiving one another within your church and those within the world. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm thankful to a sister who some months ago I asked uh, what, when I had the next opportunity to speak, what I should speak on. And she should suggested and encouraged me to speak on forgiveness. But I've expanded it a little bit and decided to speak on forgiveness and love. For they, um, in the scriptures, seem to go hand in hand. Love is a many-faceted thing, composed of kindness, patience, generosity, long-suffering, humility, compassion, and loyalty. It is the powerful force which leads to dedication, sacrifice, and fullness of service. It is the glue which holds together lowliness, meekness, and forbearance, and forgiveness. It is the understanding of heart and strength of character that enables one to turn others and self from sin and enable one to overcome the world and its fears. Love moves to forgiveness. Forgiveness pours out from a heart of understanding love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. John 14:15 says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Turn to Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 through 14. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love which binds all things together in perfect harmony. In 1 John chapter 2, verse, verses 15 and 16, it says, 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust of it, and he who does, the, does not the will of the Father will pass away with it, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Let's look at 1 John chapter 8, excuse me, 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. In this is love perfected with it, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fears, for fear has to do with punishment, for he who fears is not perfected in love. Let us think about situations that tell us about both love and forgiveness. May we talk about the story of the man who was carried by four men and brought to Jesus to be healed. This story is told in all three of the Gospels. But Mark 2, verses 1 through 12, tell us in much detail what took place. Jesus was in Capernaum and was healing the sick people that were brought to him. Four men carried a man on his bed who was sick with the palsy. There were many people around the house where Jesus was preaching and healing. In fact, there were so many that the men carrying the bed could not enter the house by way of the door. So what did they do? They carried the man up to the rooftop where they removed a part of the roof and let, him, let the man down inside the house in front of Jesus. Jesus was touched by their thoughtfulness their helpfulness on the man's behalf and we are told that Jesus seeing their faith said to the sick man he said son your sins are forgiven the scribes were antagonistic toward Jesus and they even questioned his right to do what they had just seen him do they even wondered if the man's sins had really been forgiven. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, said, Is it easier to say to the man with the palsy, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? Then he said to the man, Arise, take up your bed and go into your house. The man did this, and all were amazed, and God was glorified. The faith of the men who brought this sick man 
to Jesus and the sick man's faith brought about the great healing of the man and the glorification of God. It was the love of Jesus responding to their faith. And we learn about Peter. He was, in, he was impetuous in his thinking sometimes, but he was tender and understanding and ready to go to the fullest lengths or the greatest efforts to achieve something that he was convinced was right or necessary. Peter had moved and worked among men, and he knew some of their failings and possibilities and their hopes and needs. One day, Peter asked the Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who has sinned against me? He, Peter, quoted a number, seven times. Seven times would seem to be enough, but Jesus, in love and deep understanding, went far above Peter's figure by saying, I say not unto you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's, Jesus was saying, for each time one of your brothers sins against you, forgive him. We can read more about this in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Jesus also told another story that shows forgiveness and love. This deals with the proper attitude about forgiveness and love. That's in Matthew 18, 23 through 35. This deals with forgiveness and love from the heart. Concern and forgiveness are also directly related in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. At the close of this prayer, we read Jesus' words. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive men not their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. This is, we can read about this in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 15. Finally, the greatest story of forgiveness and love is Jesus' crucifixion. He had been falsely accused and, con and unjustly condemned and cruelly crucified while on the cross he had endured their tauntings, ignored their wagging heads and hurtful comments, and also them mocking and spitting on him. But just before he gave up his spirit, he cried out to the Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, verse 34. Hopefully, these few scriptures will give you a better understanding of how forgiveness and love work hand in hand. 
and will guide you in following Jesus' example of forgiveness. In closing, I leave you with these eight things, and these are from a magazine which I was reading some articles from called We Would See Jesus. And these may help you have an easier time of forgiving your brothers and sisters in the church as well as those in the world. Number one, educate yourself about forgiveness. Webster's Dictionary, in Webster's Dictionary, forgiveness means to forgive to give up resentment against someone or the desire to punish. It also means to let go of a hurt and move ahead with life. Number two, spend a few minutes at the end of each day cleaning out your thinking. Number three, practice on forgiveness in small hurts in order to become a generous forgiver of major pain. Number four, challenge the hounds in your thinking. Number five, understand that resentment has a high price tag. Holding a garage takes mental, emotional, and physical energy which you could put to better use in doing other things. Number six, remember, lack of forgiveness gives others power over you. By withholding forgiveness and nursing resentment, you simply allow another person to have control over your well-being. Number seven, recognize the ripple effect of harboring a grudge. When you can't forgive someone, a ripple effect can negatively impact your family and friends. Number eight, remember, when you forgive others, you also give yourself a gift. Remember, bitterness and anger imprisons you emotionally. That's your lesson for the evening. If there's anyone here who has not been baptized and properly added to the Lord's church through belief, repentance, confession, and finally baptism to go down into the watery grave and be buried with Christ to rise a new creature. Also, if there's someone here who needs the prayers of the congregation or whatever need you may have, we ask that you come forward as the song that has been selected is sung.